0: Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. Hey guys, what are we doing tonight? What's special? Well, you know, I don't know if anybody
1: knows, but we're back in the right order for our intros. <laughs> and you know, the, the, the COVID, the Rona is beginning to exit the country. Things are beginning to open back up. I'm talking to you, Texas. Things are happening. Movie theaters are starting to come around. Studios are even starting to happen again. So we're doing the news.
0: Yes. I bet. Right. I bet we have listeners who don't know what that is. Good <laughs> possibility.
1: Yeah, good possibility. Well, before, before we run through the newsroom, you know, before you know, as lockdown was happening, I mean, we tried to carry on a few months with the news, and it was just getting so depressing. <laughs> you know, we were all we were all turning to to some really dark places with all of these delays cancellations even and your stuff we've been waiting on and hearing about not happening but now stuff is starting to happen again so i've I've seen them in there cleaning and dusting off the printers and the typewriters things are starting to happen some people's coming back in there so i'm going to take a run through the newsroom maybe the maybe the three or four people that are still working in there and grab some stuff off the desk guys i'll be right back Okay, I've got the stack. Got the stack of the papers.
0: (laughs) All right. right. Well, uh, first out of the gate um, on the headline news was a big news item that is brand new and fresh. This is not just like, hey, um, (laughs) this thing that was promised a year ago is finally going to happen. This is brand new. Disney and Sony have cut a deal, and I wasn't able to track down all of the particulars, but um as far as most nerds go the important thing is is all of the marvel movies made by sony are going to be coming to disney streaming services mm-hmm. so you'll be able to watch all of your spider-man movies on yes. disney plus soon
1: well yep. as the as the mouse continues to consolidate power um you know we've had wonderful reactions and results with you know spider-man being able to play in the mcu Mm -hmm. we know those are still technically sony movies but you know you have iron man you have all of the great things nick fury pops up in there you know um yeah uh, i'm so glad they're continuing that deal with spidey and you know i'd like to see where they continue to go with it i know we're we've got a few odd things to talk about later uh with the spider verse which seems to be happening with disney but you know disney has brought out a, a teaser or a really obscure guy that I really hadn't heard of. Seems like sort of a favorite, but you, one of you guys want to take off with this one?
2: All right. Um, so, okay, so so here's the thing with this teaser, okay? This may just be my, my upbringing, but I've called this guy Shang-Chi for most of my life. Now, according to Entertainment Weekly's article... It's actually pronounced Song-Chi. So I have no earthly idea. I will continue to call him Shang-Chi until I get to see this movie. Um, But after a sizable time between Iron Man 3 and now, we're finally going to get a payoff on the 10 rings or 10 bracelets. Just depends. Uh, So... (laughs) But we are finally getting um, a, a new corner of Marvel. And uh, guys, I'm a little excited about this one. Jamie, I know you're, you're, you're a big Marvel guy. What are you thinking about uh, Song Chi or
0: Shang-Chi, depending? That, they just made that up. He's been Shang-Chi since <laughs> the 70s. That's not a thing. Uh, they could change it for the, the, uh, the MCU, but Marvel Comics-wise, it's Shang-Chi. He's go. not a character that's been one of my favorites. I've not read like long runs of Shang Chi, mostly because there haven't been since like the '70s long runs of Shang Chi. Um, but the the trailer they put out was pretty intriguing. That looks, I mean, the the yeah. special effects look really cool. The the kung fu choreography looks looks really exciting. So I mean, they've piqued my interest. I'm not like, I'm not a long term like Shang Chi guy, but yeah, I I think I want to see this movie. That trailer got me. You know
1: what? Yeah, I the think? trailer looks amazing. I mean, you got the. Classic training. It looks so killer, like '70s, '80s martial arts movies. It's so got that vibe.
0: Yeah, we got some crouching tiger, you know, type action a little bit
2: at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like they got some of that wire work going on. But I think it goes back to what we were saying: how nicely Marvel can fit into all these other genres. You know, it doesn't have to be just your sh- typical straight up superhero type of flick. And Marvel fits into all these genres. You can put a different uh, facade on it and it still can be Marvel. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. That.
2: So what is it? September 3rd is release date on that?
0: I believe so, yeah. Okay. And, that, and okay. that was one that got rescheduled a couple of times. Yes.
1: Yeah, we had a busy second half of the year with Marvel.
0: Yeah, they're cramming a lot in. Um, <laughs> the mouse needs his money. <laughs> um, next up on the uh, <laughs> on the headline news is the Army of the Dead trailer. And this is Zack Snyder returning to his zombie roots. Um, have you um, b- both of you all seen the trailer, right? Yes. yes,
2: yes, because basically Zack Snyder like blends Suicide Squad and World War Z <laughs> <laughs> together. <I> mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was totally the vibe I got. I'm like, okay, you know, Zack Snyder's getting Batista. You know, he. You know, James Gunn took Suicide Squad 2, and he's, you know, he's getting Batista, you know, he's getting that Drax in here, and he's leading up this, you know, commando type squad, this suicide squad type, you know, group into, <laughs> you know, zombie infested Las Vegas.
0: I love that the um, they've kind of, they're playing with the idea of what zombies are and can be,
1: because these um. are like,
0: these aren't just fast zombies, those are like, sprinter zombies.
1: yeah well that was yeah i thought that was really interesting they see they said they're not what you think they are they're smart they're fast yeah. they're and, organized they've got stuff happening you know and, and of course at vegas you know, you got the you got the mafia ties in there so i'm sure there's lots of you know shady dealings going on with the zombies um yeah totally world war z i am legend type zombies that move in a completely different way And I kind of have an aversion to zombies from time to time, but this trailer has me really intrigued, especially when I saw Elvis the zombie.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you know, I I know Batista is front and center uh, with everybody in this movie, but I'm going to be honest. I was celebrating when I saw Tig in the background. She's the lady with the short hair. Um, She is uh, also a, a chief engineer on Star Trek Discovery. And she is so hilarious. Uh, she is sassy. She is smart Uh She's so great. And I hope she brings that personality uh, to this movie. Cause I think it'll work really well.
0: Uh, well, I don't have a good segue. Um, Hawkeye finished filming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we had been teased with some trailers, but we found out that those were fake trailers, uh, you know, kind of, kind yes. of tease there. uh, uh, you know, some of these fan-made trailers. These guys really need to be hired by the studios to make some legit trailers because they they have really a uh, really interesting take on this. It, but yeah, Hawkeye. finishes feel me, it's great.
0: I saw one that was so good it reminded me of Pacific Rim. Like, like they created a neural bridge from garbage and dripped it with kaiju. I mean, they they took garbage <laughs> and made an amazing Hawkeye trailer. I'm like, this is not the show we're going to see, but I kind of want to see it. <laughs>
2: Well, with the one trailer, I was really confused why why Kate could mimic everybody's moves. I was like thinking they were going to tie Taskmaster (laughs) to her somehow, but, you know.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, staying in the uh, TV corner of the MCU, um, have you guys seen, there's no trailers, there's no filming yet. Have you all seen the training videos of Oscar Knight training to be Moon Knight?
1: Oscar Isaac, yeah, yeah, training to be Moon Knight. Who who did I say? You said Oscar Knight. Whatever. Uh, We know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's, it's late in the evening, so we got to get there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oscar hey, I, Isaac, I've uh, had a week. You're lucky I'm here.
1: <laughs> I'm glad to see, uh, I'm glad to see him able to really get into the physicality. I have not really seen him in a lot of physically taxing roles. Um, He's, he's normally, um, you know, Poe Dameron, he's a smart mouth pilot. You know, he's apocalypse.
0: Laid-back
1: he's big, yeah. Yeah. He's apocalypse. He's this big mastermind, all powerful, you know, and, in other roles, you know, he's just laid back, cool, or just kind of creepy uh, side characters. But yeah, I really was glad to see him bring some uh, some physicality, and it looks like he's nailing it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think there's, I think it's really interesting. There's this almost big push to bring back martial arts style fighting in these action movies. And I think we see that, you know, we're seeing that more and more. And and now with this training video with, with Oscar Isaac, you're getting that, the knife fighting scenes that we see in the video, just the visceral nature of his movements. Um, I just I can't wait to see him in maybe costume or we'll see which version of Moon Knight they're going to roll out. But
0: uh, should be intriguing too, that I mean, he was doing the knife fighting, which is, I mean, that's a pretty brutal, that can be some brutal fight scenes when you bring a knife into it. Uh But also, he was fighting multiple attackers a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Moon Knight's really going to be mixing it up with some stuff. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I thought that was interesting as well.
1: Well, speaking about some obscure characters, I don't know how obscure she is, but she's pretty new, and I hadn't really heard of her yet, Uh, but Miss Marvel is currently filming. Uh, Seems like they've got a pretty neat uh, cast and handle on that.
0: Yeah, she's one of my. She's a fairly recent creation, I think, about a decade, which in Marvel time is nothing, and in, yeah. D, and in DC, <laughs> and in DC time, that's a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, but um, she's one of my favorites. Um, she's just this this character you fall in love with, and you just start rooting for. Her. And, and I think that's really important to her. Like she, they, they need to. The show needs to be the kind of show that, that gets you on the main character's side. Like you, they, and I feel like they, the casting, um, what what little footage we've seen of her as. Kamala Khan. It feels like they nailed the casting, and they've got the whole vibe of her relationship with her dad. Um, so it feels like they nailed. Like w- what made the comic book good? I feel like they've done a good like MCU transition to the screen, and so I- I'm really excited about it.
2: Well, what I think what I think is really interesting is you're going to get that kind of YA audience maybe coming in with Ms. Marvel. You know, uh, in the Marvel Six One Six. You know, they were talking about the popularity of that character on a couple different of those episodes on Disney Plus, and so to bring her in as a show, I think you're going to get into some of that YA territory with maybe some younger people being drawn to it also to kind of bring them into the, the MCU, and then to turn around and you know Kevin Feige's already said Kamala will be in Captain Marvel too, mm-hmm. so Brie Larson, Tayona Paris. And um, I- Iman Vellani, I think, is the the actress that's playing uh, Kamala. So all three of them. Basically, if we could just get like Marvel rolled in, we'd have all of the <laughs> the the big Captain Marvels, you know. So <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's neat. Let's roll it over to the darker side of the universe here with some DC news.
0: What, what I what I love about this is Miss Marvel has only been has been alive as a character less amount of times like there's less time that she's been existing than the rock has wanted to make the black adam movie yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a much better segue I try. yeah but yeah black adam has been talking uh, you know been talked about for so long and i've even lost track of you know is it a thing is it not a thing is it happening is it not happening is it shazam is it not shazam you know what are we doing here
2: Well, you know, July 29th right now is the date that The Rock let out in the video feed of his Instagram uh, and pretty much took over all of the billboards in that photo. It was Big Streak of Lightning, Black Adam, and gives us that date. Um, Since that, we've heard some really cool things, at least as a DC guy. I'm really, really excited. Uh, We're getting characters that... You probably wouldn't see in your typical DC movie. Adam Smasher, who goes back to the 80s. Cyclone, whose grandmother was the Golden Age Red Tornado. But then you get Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. I mean, seriously. And then on top of that, we get one of my guys. We get Hawkman in this movie. (laughs) And I am excited. Uh, you know, I like, I like the big DCU tip poles, but there's, there's those off the wall ones, man, that are my favorites and Hawkman's one of those. So yeah. I'm dying to see what those wings are going to look like in this movie.
0: Now, is that a long, are those long-term relationships? I mean, I I don't read that, that corner of the DC universe whatsoever. I, it, I didn't uh, know Dr. Fate and Black Adam were connected. I,
2: a lot of it's probably going to go back to that Egyptian mythology type of, of concept would be my guess. Um, You know, as far as the mystical side with Dr. Fate, you know, Hawkman is connected to this reincarnating life from uh, Prince Khufu of Egypt, Uh, so, you know, they may try to pull that Egyptian type of feel into it with uh, Black Adam there.
0: I just, I know this is setting up the eventual Shazam versus Black Adam, and I'm just, I'm super curious what a fight between (laughs) The Rock and Zachary (laughs) Levi is going to look like. (laughs) Chuck versus The Rock. (laughs) It's going to be hilarious. Oh, it'd be great. (laughs) Uh, The next item is one I put on here because um, well COVID's been weird for a lot of things and now it's making the Oscars weird. Um, So this year's best picture nominees apparently have been seen by no one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so strange to have the movies being awarded and things when when they, there's been no public interaction, you know. And I, and I know the uh, the Oscars, you know, you have the you have the group of, of uh, you know directors, actors, old people, whatever, you know, who are who are voting on these. It it almost feels like you know in the past that they've kind of spoken for the people, but now it's just like hey, we don't even need you guys. We're just going to go ahead and vote on some movies you haven't seen yet. You know, <laughs> it's
0: so weird. Well, what well what really got me intrigued um, slash horrified? um, They did a poll among not just general audience, not just like you know general population, not just among like casual moviegoers. They they did a poll. Uh, apparently, this is like a something I don't know how you get on this list of people who are active moviegoers. Mm-hmm. Um. And they asked them about just name recognition of the nominees of, of the, of the best picture nominees this year, the highest ranked one, like the anybody even recognized only had a 47% name recognition. Well, not, not that they had seen them, that they had heard that they existed. (laughs) Heard of the movie. And I think it was a trial of Chicago seven, which is apparently the worst of the bunch.
2: There were only two on the list I'd heard of. One of them, is the only one I've watched and that is the trial of the Chicago 7 <laughs> so
0: well there's yeah. a couple of interests I, I mean I, I really want to see no Land. I think that looks like an amazing movie um, uh, Minari it's kind of piqued my interest uh, but another thing that, that got me um I thought was strange is like you know we talk about these movies that are, a lot of times they're you know Oscar bait or whatever and they're, or they're indie movies and people haven't seen them because and part of the part of the excuse that the You know, industry says it's it's because everybody's too many people are watching streaming and less people going to the theaters. Um, Every single one of the Best Picture nominees this year that no one has heard of, let alone seen, they're all available to stream and they still haven't been seen. And we've been locked in our houses for the better part of the last year and we still didn't watch these movies. I I I, I find the whole scenario baffling and intriguing.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely strange. Definitely, definitely strange.
0: All right, uh, last of the headline news. Um, I don't remember who put this on the list. So,
1: Well, of course you don't. I did.
0: Okay. You, you look at it. It's Star, Wars.
1: <laughs> it's Star Wars news. I put it on here. Kenobi <laughs> casting. Um, yeah, um, as, uh, you know, Disney's wrapped up with uh, the Mandalorian, looking at, uh, you know, we're going to the Bad Batch very soon. Um, a lot of uh, talk has been happening with the with the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, series. Ewan McGregor has, has been uh, adamant that you know, he wants this to happen. Well, it's finally happening. It's been filming for the last little bit. We've had some odd casting news. I know the one that everyone is talking about is Hayden Christian. Mm-hmm. Where this is happening after, you know, this is an in-between. Uh, after the prequels... Before the original trilogy. Um, you know, so I think that we're going to have Hayden in there in some flashbacks, maybe, instead of some live interaction. But I'm going to tell you the news, the casting that has me jazzed more than anything is Owen and Baroo are back. Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace
0: are back <laughs>
1: in this and i cannot wait to see them in action because i mean you see these beautiful young people in episode two you know on this harsh harsh planet you see them at the end of episode three getting the baby you're know, getting baby luke standing looking over the sunsets you know the twin suns sitting there and then you know flash forward to 16 to 20 years and they're just demolished, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, physically and mentally. There's exhausted, so I mean, what has happened? I mean, was Raisin Luke this tough? I know well, it's harsh. It's Look at Obi-Wan, Look at Obi-Wan. And, and Obi-Wan. I'm so excited to see what happens in between here to put them in this position, you know. But uh, but uh, I, I'm so excited to see these two come back. I was really hoping we would have gotten more of them in two and three, you know, aside from just a small little side quest. But, you know, as, as we know, Joel Edgerton is, is a phenomenal actor. Uh, the things we've seen him in that money piece. I, I'd love to see more of her.
2: Yeah. Um, just to mention, because since we were just talking about casting, um, I know this isn't on the list, but I saw just today secret invasion has two new castings. Mm -hmm. Olivia Coleman uh, you know and uh, Amelia Clark so Queen of Dragons and the Queen Mother herself are are both going to come into the MCU so talk about great actors coming in so
1: yeah yeah. killer killer
0: all right well it's time to revisit some very old news (laughs) (laughs)
1: let's hit this rewind button here and see what happens Okay. All right. Well, that was a trip. So, wow. Yeah, there's some really old news on here. Who's leading yeah, us off?
0: just a little bit. <laughs> okay, um, we'll kind of highlight some ones that we've talked about a lot, and then we'll just read a list. <laughs> 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 but these are all of the movies that kept getting rescheduled that made us so depressed that made us stop doing the new show. <laughs> uh, so the, the highlights are... Black Widow. Um, <laughs> we should have seen this movie a year ago. Um, it's coming out now on July the 9th, which will be here in a heartbeat. Um, the Dune movie that we were so excited about. Um, you know, I, you know, you know, I'm not super mad about it. If they went back and fixed the CGI on the sandworms, I'm I'm okay with the delay. Uh, but that's coming out October first. Um. And Sammy, you get your Bond movie? Yes. On October 8th, it's finally coming out. Netflix wouldn't pony up uh, for what they were asking. <laughs> and then Ghostbusters Afterlife on November 11th. And that was such a great trailer. I'm still excited to see that movie. And I'm still borderline furious that have pushed it back that far.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and, and now we got Baby Stay Puffs. so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought you liked Baby Groot. What do you see Baby Stay Puffs? <laughs>
0: Oh, they need to go on, like do a crossover with like baby, baby Groot, Baby Yoda, and Baby Stay Puft. Yes. <laughs> what would be cuter than that? <laughs> all right, so th- those are kind of the headliners. And I'm just going to read a list. Um, uh, man, it's last year. <sighs> it's been rough. It's been terrible. Okay, so uh, Morbius has been pushed all the way back to January 21st of 2022. The Quiet Place 2 is almost here in May 28th. The Suicide Squad, August 6th, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, September 24th, The Eternals, we're getting so, <laughs> we're getting so much Marvel this year, uh, Eternals, November 5th, Maverick is finally coming out, November 19th, Spider-Man, No Way Home, more of that Marvel, December 17th, The Matrix 4, a movie I'm still baffled about, December 22nd, The King's Man, also December 22nd, and Sherlock Holmes 3, also, also December 22nd. Wow.
2: Something's going to get shifted.
0: <laughs>
2: Something's
1: going to get shifted there. Merry Christmas to somebody. Holmes Three.
0: <laughs> have they even filmed that yet? I don't know. I know Downey was talking about it, but I thought it was like pure future tense. I didn't know it was yeah. a thing yet.
2: I, I they were trying to get schedules straightened out. Last I heard, now they've got a release date for a movie. So
0: whatever. But, but what but what I think is encouraging about that is they they have kind of. Like the rescheduling have stopped. Like things got pushed back and they got pushed back again. And some of them got pushed back again after that, but, but the rescheduling has stopped. And so yes. we are actually going to get some of these movies that we were excited about. And so these appear to be mostly set in stone. So yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs>
1: much. Uh, they seem to be happening now. And a couple things that we have talked about in the past, we, we, we were hoping to happen actually have happened. <laughs> Uh, so i'm I'm excited to to hear this with from you guys. So um, Justice League was released, penned, frowned upon, whatever you felt about it. People had feelings. Um, <laughs> and so they gave it back to Zach. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and so we, we got, got a
1: four hour cut released on HBO Max.
2: Worth every minute.
1: Um uh, yeah, I'm taking your word for that one.
2: <laughs> Worth every minute, gentlemen. I don't have I, that
1: much time. Um, you know,
2: I you know, I talked a little bit about that. I think at I keep it at one hundred, but I think the biggest thing is is we finally got that payoff. You know, this was the reason I signed up for HBO Max early was because I knew this was coming, and to finally get it and good or bad depending how people think about it it it's better i mean the story still the same as the theatrical release so if the story was your hang-up it's still going to be your hang-up um but it's just a better movie it has more time with the characters and the sad part is considering um avid new gods movie is has been canceled it's probably the only chance we get to see the fourth world so um Enjoy Darkseid and Grammy goodness and Steppenwolf and DeSaud in this movie. So They canceled that already? They did. I thought it was an April Fool's joke because they released it on April 1st. Tom Tom (laughs) King tweeted it out on April 1st. And I thought, oh, it's an April Fool's joke. And then the story continued on April 2nd. (laughs) An <laughs> April and i'm like oh no um but supposedly the trench movie has also been canceled the aquaman spinoff movie is also been canceled so wow
1: hmm. <laughs> you know, interesting all right Jamie, you have any feelings on that one
0: i, I want to see America, it have I, you seen it yet i'm 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 waiting until october I'm going to pick up HBO Max so I can watch oh, Dune, and around. then all, all of the HBO stuff that I've missed, I'm just going to watch in October. Okay. But I, but I am excited to watch it. And if, if, they made it, if they put out a Blu-ray edition or something before then, I'll probably pick it up. I, I, I do want to watch it. I didn't think the Justice League movie was that terrible. Like, I mean, it's awful. I hate it. Most people seem to. Um, but I would like to see like, the original vision for it. Yeah. Probably not in one sitting, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a good, that's a good thing that I heard that they had broken up into. I thought initially four, but Sam was confirming six parts.
2: Yeah, there's six so parts. It might
1: too. be a little more digestible than I had thought, so I'm, it may be something I, I visit, especially after watching uh, Man of Steel uh, just here recently. But uh, one thing that I'm really excited about that has happened is the Marvel Disney shows. Uh, we've gotten two so far. Hoping to get uh, Loki very soon. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at seven weeks from today, ish.
0: Yep. Same I'm low Loki. key excited for Loki. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's actually an issue of his comic where he's wearing a T-shirt that says "Low Key."
1: So. <laughs> 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 oh, how cool! But you know, um, I know we had we've gotten so far: One Division and Falcon Winter Soldier. And these shows, I mean, do they live up to expectation? Do they live up to your guys' expectation, you think?
0: I thought WandaVision was really good. Um started off weird and then didn't quite stick the landing, but I really enjoyed the ride. I thought it was a good show. Um, and I enjoyed the opening. I know it wasn't for everybody. There was they got a lot of pushback on the, you know, not you know, just doing sitcoms and not explaining what they were doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but your I first thought it was two or three episodes show. are really odd, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um falcon I I, I I liked Falcon or soldier a lot um but you can tell where they had to stop filming <laughs> because of covid or i i felt like there was a big gap between um quality and like um storytelling between mm. after episode four like five and six i could feel like oh this was all filmed after you came back from covid yeah uh, and like, and, and you could tell like there's like a, a story crunch, like they're trying to, they're having like, you know, and we're not doing eight episodes, we're doing six. And so we've got to, you know, got to move fast.
1: Wrap it in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I still, I still think it's a good show. I feel, I feel like it really worked. So I'm, I'm excited for that going forward, what that means for how good the MCU is going to be on TV.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about that too. And I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I really am interested in Black Widow because where it was delayed and pushed back, this was supposed to have implications into these shows. Mm-hmm. So I really want to see what um, you know. Now instead of like foresight, with hindsight, you know, where wh- where does this tie? You know, it makes it makes me more interested for a Black Widow.
2: And and what's really funny is the way these were had to be done. They're they're out of the initial order. We were supposed to get Black Widow first, correct? Mm-hmm. Then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Then, then Wanda, Wanda, Yeah. So, they've really been in reverse order with One Division first. And I think that might have been the big thing about those first couple episodes. It's the first Marvel television show on Disney Plus out of the gate, and it is nothing like anybody. Yeah,
1: and everybody's scratching their head for those first two. Yeah. And and I think,
2: you know, and and I agree with Jamie as far as One Division. I mean, it was a ride, man. I mean, every week. I mean, it was a ride. And once again, it's very different from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Totally different feels. Totally different genres, really. Um, but but I like that. Once again, it's showing you that that this Marvel TV can be whatever we, they want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Know? They're
1: carrying the flexibility of the movies into the the screen, you know, small yeah. screen, which uh, is very exciting for the future. And
2: I mean, even think, think about, um, we'll get there. Ah, no, I'm, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it just popped into my head. <laughs> sorry. Well, you've already ruined the segue. Finish your thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, just thinking about, for, for a television series, Falcon and Winter Soldier had some quality action scenes. Yeah. Quality, you know, effects. You know, this could have been a movie just as easy. But, Dwayne, you were saying?
1: Well, <laughs> I, I actually nailed the segue. Um, so <laughs> you, this really does bode well for the future of, uh, of what we're going to see. So, speaking of the future, I know there's some movies that we need to predict some things on. So, let's run to Hogwarts to Miss Trelawney's Classroom. And get our crystal balls and see if we can predict a rotten tomato score for something.
0: No. Have
2: ah.
0: ah. <laughs> Which brings us to a Trelawney time. A segue so nice, you had to do it twice. <laughs> 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 All right. Well,
1: here's a movie that kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me. I don't know if you guys knew anything about this, but Mortal Kombat, the, the remake of Mortal Kombat. And I don't know if this is a sequel, a prequel, an in-betweenquel or what, but uh, this is happening in theaters and on HBO Max right now. Yes. And uh, I think uh, we're, as we're recording uh, Saturday, I think it came out yesterday and I haven't seen it. I haven't looked at anything on the internet because I'm trying to avoid the internet right now because I still haven't seen the last episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, so guys, you want to give a, some, some predictions on this thing as we talk about it.
0: Uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes score is based on critics reviews. Um, I don't think of Mortal Kombat as, you know, fodder for the critics. <laughs> so I'm going to go low. And this doesn't mean I think it's going to be a bad movie or that it won't be very entertaining. I'm predicting critics aren't going to be in love with, you know, get over here and stuff like that. So I'm going 47%. Oh. Okay. If we were going to audience score, I'd go a lot higher.
2: Well, you know... I've been hearing good things about this movie, okay? I realize, though, that we live in a culture of I love it or I hate it. And that's the <laughs> only end of the continuum that seem to exist. So, since Jamie went to one end of the continuum, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to say 82%. 82%? Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you, you do understand, raw tomato scores are based on critics' reviews. <laughs> but those
2: critics are old enough now to have played the original mortal Kombat and probably love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Jamie was given his score, I had one in mind and, and I'm, I'm going to adjust it up a little bit uh, because I was originally going to go 48, but I'm going to (laughs) change just a little bit. I'm going to maybe grab some of Sam's, uh, thoughtful enthusiasm there, wishful thinking <laughs> and go just a little bit higher to 52. I don't think this <laughs> thing's getting, I don't think this thing's hitting into the sixties myself. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a high batter uh, for this, but you know, it's a uh, very beloved characters, a really um, polarizing video game that a lot of people love. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it in the nineties. Uh,
0: it was a fun game. A terrible movie. <laughs> well, the I didn't like the movie.
2: I've not seen the original Mortal Kombat movie or Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, I have seen the Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge animated. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: <laughs> but oh, oh,
1: oh, oh, Sam. Yeah, Sam. we got to have a talk. Uh-huh. You've got Flash Gordon, Master <laughs> of the Universe, THX113 on your shelf, and you haven't seen the Two classic Mortal Kombat movies? Nope, never. Classic, you, huh? Are you allergic <laughs> to Kung Fu or something? <laughs> That's
0: not the adjective I was going for. <laughs> I watched really? the first one and I was all set. Yeah. I, didn't need a, I didn't need Annihilation or whatever they, Sammy's talking about. They but. were well,
2: what they were. See, I've got a strategy on Trelawney this time. I'm trying to help Jamie out. I, <laughs> he felt so bad about himself for his long run of Trelawney mishaps. <laughs> so I'm trying
0: to
1: bail him out i so. trying to help him out there
0: so when Dwayne said was going to change his game I'm like oh that's why I getting really far away from me I'm going
1: to go up just a little bit I still don't think it's going too far too far <laughs> well as we wrap up our news episode um, I, it was great to revisit some of these things and talk about some stuff actually happening in the nerdverse yes. but we owe our listeners something Because we had a mishap last uh, week, we had uh, Skype decided to get all funky on us and uh, do some really cruel things on a great movie. And uh, so uh, thankfully, uh, you know, we we had a great time recording it still yet. Thankfully, Jamie was able to do some footwork and legwork and and aggravate Skype there. They they sent us all the files, and it was still missing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For some reason, we recorded it, and it just was not there. It's lost in the interwebs somewhere. Um, But uh, the Incredibles. Disney Pixar, Brad Bird directed. Let's get this review going, guys. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.
0: All right. Um, who wants to go first on grades? Um, we're, we're, we're having to play a little bit fast and loose. We're... Yeah obviously we're not doing the normal format. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll lead this out. This is, you know, the incredible
2: is, an a plus movie. I mean, it really is. Um, it's everything that I wanted, wanted it to be when it released. And it's still the same way for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you too. I mean, this is, I mean, it's an a plus movie and we're on a run of great movies here. I mean, this is what our, uh, I think it's the third movie row I've given an a plus to, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, it's just a great movie. Um, great, I love the animation style, um, the thematic stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's just a, a movie. You, it just captured my heart. I just I love the characters. I love the story. I love this movie. Easy A plus.
1: Yeah. Well, you have the classic Pixar storytelling. You have Brad Bird, uh, really knocking it out of the park with the characters, the development, the style. This is so stylistic. I know it. Uh, Watching some Bucky this is one of Pixar's earlier, uh, you know, people, quote-unquote, animations. And um, they really, you know, are stylized like the comic book characters that they are. You know, they're just massive, huge personalities. And, you know, I know I've said it before, this is the Fantastic Four movie I've always wanted. And we've got it, finally. A-plus. A-plus for me, too. A-plus for of
0: me, honor yes
1: so we've got a ring of honor uh, let and i'm so happy for that so let's go ahead and jump into our fans of this movie what's some things that we really liked about it and i say we just keep our little format here rolling um sammy takes out with the fan
2: all right um you know i think one of the best things that pixar does is they can capture a time period and make it fresh again Uh, Toy Story, for instance, clearly harkens back to that time when the Cowboys of the 50s were transitioning to the space race of the 60s. The Incredibles does something similar, but it's a little more sneaky. Um, The movie kind of fits perfectly into that time period when Golden Age superheroes were going out of fashion, out of style. They were losing popularity. And you got more different genres coming in until the silver age where everything was reinvigorated. The superheroes were popular again. Um, You know, they didn't just have to go work in insurance companies, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, But on top of that, I love that we get a little bit of the spy genre of the sixties also mixed into this. And that's, that makes this such a fun movie with that mashup of genre. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, my my fan for The Incredibles is one that I've. Um, I think when this when this movie came out, I don't think I was married yet, um, let alone you know married for decades now with children, um, and so I, I, this movie has, has aged well. And and my fan is something that I've come to appreciate more and more as I watch this movie over time. It's like it's, it's I love the way it portrays family. Yeah. Um. Because far too often on TV and movies we see families you know portrayed as boring, or humdrum, or or in a negative light and uh, Brad Bird and Pixar really respect the family. Um, they portray it in a in a positive light. Um, <laughs> but also love that, it's, that they're portrayed realistically. Uh, these parents fight. They argue. Yeah. Um, the the kids have struggles. This, this isn't some leave-it-to-beaver nonsense. Um, this is, you know, the kids get in trouble at school. They have their struggles. Dash is struggling to find his place in the world. And Violet... Um, yeah, is desperate to actually be invisible, like not just like, you know, not visible physically. Like she wants to disappear from the world. <laughs> she doesn't want to interact with the world around her. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the I love the way that, that that's portrayed. And it's just, it was done, it's, I mean, it's not unique, but it's done so well. It, the execution is so spot on and perfect I love the way family is portrayed here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Sam was talking about an era, you know, it's kind of that future past era. And it does portray an honest family with their struggles and things that happen. And, you know, I think the thing that ties everything together in this movie is the music. I really want to give a shout out to Michael G. Aquino's score because it's kind of that jazzy, quirky, almost heisty superhero, you know, the themes um, the way that they're portrayed the way that it goes takes you on the roller coaster of the emotions up and down sometimes it's bombastic brass and sometimes it's just you know kind of a soft almost piano-ish thing going on um, really brings you on the journey with these characters and it it, it sticks that landing that uh, that you know we are so familiar with with the superheroes it's just massive three-point landing it just brings <laughs> it home and you know leaves that indentation in our psyche, and you know almost like you know they talk about Star Wars being the, you know the music being the oxygen of Star Wars. This I think really, without this style of score, I don't think it works.
0: I love the way they they blend like the superhero moments like in in the score, but but also like. So much of the, of the score feels like it's from a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's that juxtaposition of genre. I, I love the way they do that. Yeah, well, yep.
1: well you've got all the gadgets, you know, you've got Edna in her lair with, you know, the, the the machine guns and all the paraphernalia and items she has, and you have the supervillain lair. You know, the the massive robot that has to be taken out. Um, and all these little heisty moments, you know. Honey, where's my super suit? You know, the, the things <laughs> that, they, that happen. You know, the, the car... Uh, the incredible car, uh, frozen surfboard that he goes on. It's a very, you know, Bondi type of superhero movie.
2: Yeah, well, well, I mean, like you said, Edna is pretty much Q. She's pulling in the, <laughs> pulling in the. Here's your gadgets. Here's your your suits. You know, just tweak the, the bow tie to be able to do this kind of deal. And so then he
1: faced it. So on the CIA agent from America working with Yeah. Bond? yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, Felix he's Felix Lider. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's Felix. <laughs> yeah, Felix. That's but, the let me, Even think
2: about it. Syndrome's lair is on an island with a volcano. volcano yeah, I mean, Spectre should have been on that island. I mean, <laughs> come on.
1: <laughs> well, we know there were no sharks with laser beams on their heads. But what we do know is there was a kitchen. Some very interesting things happened in that kitchen. Especially when Bob was washing the <coughs> pans. <laughs> okay, maybe that segue didn't work as well, but, you know, we we're, we're got to talk about our fans. we got to talk about the pans, some things that we didn't quite like about this movie. So, guys, let's keep it rolling. Sam?
2: Well, but your, your segue was much better when I didn't interrupt it. So, you know, I... <laughs> 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 um, but so I guess my pan goes back to, to similarly what we had said before. This was an early Pixar movie. And I would love to see what Pixar could do with the technology of today with these characters. Um, I know the, the sequel for Incredibles was not accepted as widely as the original, but I would love to see today's animation and today's technology take a swing at these characters. Um, maybe we could get a little bit of that weird hair out of the way and the watered-down hair look and all that stuff. So, but that's
0: just me. Don't open that door. We've seen the special editions. You don't. <laughs> don't open that door.
1: <laughs> the Ewoks don't need to blink.
0: <laughs> Leave it alone. Um, I know mine's an unpopular opinion. From the the lost recording, I know how this goes over. I kind of, sort of, a little bit hate Jason Lee's vocal performance in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's just making some really weird vocal decisions. Like some of the line deliveries are just strange. Like he just slips in and out of other accents, and just goes over the top for no reason sometimes. And there's other times when he's just phoning it in. Like, there's times, he, I, there's a couple of points where I feel like he's just bored in the sound booth. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, and Jason Lee's a fine actor. He's, he's got a good voice. He's got a good vocal range. I don't know what happened, but S- Syndrome falls kind of flat for me in, in, as far as the vocal performance goes. He's an interesting bad guy. I just don't love the vocal performance. What what our listeners don't know is that <laughs> in The Lost Show,
2: Dwayne and I both gave best performance to Jason Lee, <laughs> So <laughs> that's why we were giving Jamie such
0: bits uh, over it. Yeah. It doesn't work for me, but it works like a house on fire for these two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. I um, don't get it. he's he's just such that over-the-top bad guy uh, and I love it and and my fan kind of you know I don't know how I I guess it would be sort of unpopular to the heroes to me seem kind of two-dimensional to this phenomenal bad guy you know with syndrome he seems is just so out there but the but the heroes are just like almost two-dimensional to me uh they're not quite as interesting and that's really, a, I mean, and, and they're great characters, and I love them, but they're not as cool as the villain. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes. I've heard what this take
0: before, and I still can't believe it the second time you're saying it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's not much of a pain. I wanted to bring something to the table. I didn't want to show up and say, well, there's nothing. But, you know, there, I guess if there's something I would nitpick with this movie, About it is, you know, some of the, char- some of the hero characters just aren't as, as well-defined as
0: are oh, you don't want the gazer beam spin off
1: no, I'm, I'm, I'm good i did enjoy seeing you know the the their contemporaries i know we, we spoke about that in the last show but i did enjoy seeing the contemporaries but it, it's just not i don't know the, the heroes just you syndrome brought them to life you know and, and i think that was the problem with the second movie is you didn't have as animated a, a villain that wasn't as over the top and as out there as as Jason Lee's Syndrome was. It was a lot more subdued in character. I think that was where the second movie struggled, is they didn't have this big, humongous bad to face.
0: I agree. I, I, I'm, my only problem with Syndrome is the vocal performance. I think he's a really good character. I like his storyline, you know, the, the rejected sidekick. Yes, I, I really like the whole deal with him. It's just the vocal performance I don't love. So I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I mean, I don't I don't that I agree with you that I like him more than The Incredibles. <laughs> but he is, he is a really good villain. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, very, very interesting villain. You know, somebody who makes a great villain and a great good guy. We've seen him be great and we've seen him be bad. It's Keanu Reeves. Jamie, why don't you take
0: this? Okay, maybe, potentially, for the last time, we're doing our Keanu connection. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We're playing it by ear. Um, and unfortunately, these guys have to hear my terrible Keanu connection again. So, there are actors that get pigeonholed or made memorable by their voices. Think of Gilbert Gottfried or Bobcat Goldthwaite. You ever heard of... <laughs> you, you hear that voice and you know who he is. Uh, Fran Drescher, Norm McDonald, Carol Kane, Gilda Radner, even Jeff Goldblum—it's from the vocal um, pattern, it's the vocal, like the actual voice itself. You always recognize them. You always know who they are as soon as you hear them. And it's great when they get matched with a memorable part or a character, and you—you've you, got magic. You think of Bobcat and, and Scrooged. I, I love, <laughs> I love Bobcat in that movie. Uh, Goldblum in Independence Day—all of the neurotic weirdness of Jeff Goldblum on display. Independence Day with that voice. Um, We get a couple of those in The Princess Bride. Um, But the most memorable of those uh, was a small part that made a word be pronounced a certain way ever since. Yes, Mr. Inconceivable himself, Wallace Shawn, is this week's Keanu Connection. He plays Bob's terrible boss in The Incredibles, but he also played Rex in Toy Story 4. Where Keanu played Duke Kaboom, Wallace Shawn is this week's Keanu connection. <gasps> uh. Kaboom! <laughs>
1: yeah, love, love me some Wallace Shawn uh, in, in anything I've seen. in This guy, hey, he's, he's he's insane. Yeah, he's he's just insane. He's one of these weird actors that just has this face and voice that yeah, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: he's great, and you you always know with him. However he's being animated, you always know it's him.
1: Yeah. 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 Truly, truly. Well, guys, I hope you have enjoyed our blending of our news and movie review format. I think this might be where we're going in the future. As you could tell from the, we're kind of toying a little bit with the format. And, uh, if you have suggestions or, or things that you, you enjoy that you, that we've missed or more of or something, shoot us, shoot us a message, uh, you know, Drop something on the Facebook page. Uh, let us know. You know, we we want this show to be enjoyable to, to you guys too. We don't want to be just three dorks sitting around a microphone talking. You know, <laughs> um, although it is a ton of fun to do this, but we want the show to be something that you uh, find of value, and 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 I hope you do. I hope we can continue to hone it to be great for you. Uh, coming up on our next review, Sam, you're pitching something.
2: All right. So so this could be part of our, our pop culture quest, so to speak, that we always talk about. Uh, but we're going to put a spotlight on a little bit of a different type of movie. Um, going into the little bit of, of political drama. So throw in a little bit of a curveball. We're going to be looking at 1976, All the President's Men. So you're getting Robert Redford. Dustin Hoffman, um, a little bit of history as Woodward and Bernstein investigating the thi- the uh, what the robbery at the Democratic Party uh, national what headquarters or whatnot. So uh, should be pretty interesting. Be a different change of pace for us fellas.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've done one quite like this before.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, we haven't done a classic like this since Flash Gordon, I don't think. Um. <laughs> Because we leave Jamie speechless. <laughs> we're,
0: we're ruining the word classic this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we use, we, use, we use these words loosely. And, and uh, th- these movies, they all mean something different to someone. And, and we want to respect that and, and spread the love all over. But, uh, you know, as we gather up some news for the next episode... As we're firing up this movie on HBO Max, where there is no charge if you have the subscription additional, uh, or it's a three ninety nine rental, I think, across the board for the other services that we've seen. Um, what are we going to do until our next episode, Jamie?
0: We're going to get at our disco seats as we keep it nerdy.